Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Business of Music podcast. My name is Elliot Towsley, and I'm from DeNovo Agency. My business partner, James Landry, and I help independent artists get in front of real organic audiences that we can use to take data from and build target audiences out of. Today, we have a live Q&A we did with a bunch of our clients from Instagram, and we recorded the audio and put it into this podcast to try to help you learn how you can navigate the music industry. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. What's going on? This is, I'm Elliot. That's James. We are DeNovo, and we like to help independent artists get in front of audiences and get some data, find a target audience that you can then, over time, make fans out of. And James is an attorney, and I'm like the marketing guy, (laughs) I guess, and the data guy. And we kind of combine our two skills or mindsets and help independent artists navigate the landscape that is the music industry and kind of find the right way to do things, or at least not the wrong way to do it. And we know a lot of the wrong ways of doing things because I was a musician and wrong things myself. And over the course of years and stepping on landmines and doing the wrong things, eventually you start to find things that actually work. And now that we've found some things that actually work and we've partnered with a shit ton of curators that actually have real audiences, we're able to just simply place musicians in front of those audiences, let them inherently create data, and then go over that data to form some sort of plan out of it. And everyone's going to want to use the data in a different way, but that's what we're here to do is to help you use your data your way. And the point of these Q&A here is are so that you can ask us questions and that we can just wing it and see how we can help you better understand what the hell's going on. So fire away. Yeah, we don't, we have a bunch of hellos, no real questions yet. I had to go to the store just to get wine because of this. (laughs) I got wine today too, just in case I ran out. Yeah. And, okay, so and do we have how do you know if it's your music or marketing that's not working? It's a good question. Um, I guess it would depend how you're marketing it. Um, because you could very well like Facebook marketing very well works. You just could be targeting the wrong people or using not a high quality image or a bad call to action. There are many different things that go into a successful advertisement outside of just the good music itself. And I'd say if there's a lot of clicks on your ads and a lot of people are generating going to the music, but they don't seem to be listening to the music or saving the music or listening more than once or in commenting back, you're, it's probably more the music than is the ad. If you're getting clicks on the ad, then look at the back and look at the music, maybe using the wrong song or you're just not targeting the correct people. So when they do click, they're not getting to something they care about. Yep. The one thing that um, I've been stressing with clients recently is think about the ad platforms that you're using. They want you to do well. They're not there to scam you out of your money. 
the long term, they want you to run a successful ad, be pumped about the people you reached and be pumped about the clicks you got so that what do you do? You come back next week and give them more money to do another advertisement. They're very much in the business of helping you run effective advertisements. But when you're any new business, especially something like music, at the beginning, you kind of have no choice but to target everyone and kind of see where people seem to trickle down and okay, well, I targeted everyone and I found that the people who seem to like me are over here, here and here. And now you don't need to aimlessly try to target everyone because you know at least I have some sort of buzz here, here and here. Uh, we've got a lot here. Got some good ones. So somebody asking about followers. Yeah, so James, give them your spiel about how followers so, are not important. So followers are a nice addition that Spotify has for to be a social media platform, which they're not. Spotify tried to be a social media platform when they started, and they're not a social media platform. So what they've done is really push away from followers. It's easier to follow someone when you're on a desktop than it is a phone now because they've gotten rid of it. It was in the way. And what they did is they highlighted the save. So they really care about the saves. The saves are everything. Followers are a nice thing, but not something people use or use correctly. So if you think about your own listening habits, how many people do you follow personally on Spotify? How many people do you save songs to? I can almost guarantee that you've saved more songs than you've followed people just because you may like a song, but it doesn't mean you want to follow them. You may just like one song. I personally don't follow people like Big Sean, but I love Big Sean's music, and I save most of his music. I don't follow them, and that's the difference. When you're looking at it, followers are nice, they're cool, but many people don't use the function the way it was designed. Yeah, yeah, and follows are nice, but that wouldn't be the the metric I use as a benchmark to see if the song is successful or not. For that, I would see the save rate, and how you calculate the save rate is not saves to streams, which I used to do it that way, and then it, I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense because if one person loves a song and saves it and listens to it 15 times, that's what you want. They can only save it once. And if you do it that way, you're actually hurting your save rate. So what you want to look for is the save, the amount of saves divided by the amount of listeners you had. And typically what we see for a – because keep in mind these are people who have no idea who you are. They have no idea what your music is going to be. They have absolutely zero expectations out of you. And sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that can be tough. But when someone is absolutely brand new for the very first time, sees an artist or sees a song, we're seeing that typically brand new listeners save about one to 3% of the time. And I want to touch on this, Jonathan, you keep bringing it up. You're talking about streams to followers. That's not what you want to look at. You want to look at followers to monthly listeners if you're going to look at anything. And we want not even monthly listeners, listeners of that song. If you look at beyond the listeners of that song, it's going to be skewed. If you're looking at streams, I could stream a song 100 times in a month. And if I don't follow the person, it looks bad apparently according to what you're saying. That's not the numbers we want to be looking at. The numbers she provided us are not the numbers we want to look at. Yeah, saves are much more important um, because saves show that they actually engaged with the song and actually liked it. And whereas someone could 
Because on the flip side, say somebody like you have a bunch of your friends might follow you on Spotify to like show support, but they couldn't, they could very well not listen to your music or save it at all. Um, so it's not like don't avoid trying to get followers, but I just, I wouldn't give a damn about it, frankly, because people don't, that's not what people go on Spotify to do. I see followers are more active on free listeners than they are on paid listeners because they follow the people to be notified of new music coming out so they can go find it because they're pay- they're not paying. So they have ads and they have to go find it that way. Right. Yeah, and exactly. Yes. So if they can't go and choose exactly which music they want, they can at least narrow it down by saying, follow these artists. So yeah, chart metric is a good tool. Nothing is going to be as accurate as Spotify for artists. Obviously, they are the most accurate. That is the original data. So chart metric is just pulling data from Spotify for artists for you. There's nothing on chart metric. So paying thousands of dollars for chart metric is a little over the top when Spotify for artists is giving it to you for free. Right. Spotify stops showing you saves depending on where you're looking. Stingray. If you're on the mobile, you just have to go to the page with all your music, hit the drop down, and change it to saves in the last 28 days. Yeah, they didn't stop showing it. They just moved it. And we've been hearing this yep. for a while now. They didn't stop showing it. It's just in a different place. Um, yep. And saves are really going to be the thing that if you're going to pick one metric and say which one's the most important, it's the saves. And because also think of this, like there's the myth going around that, well, if everybody who follows you, you're automatically on their release radar when your song comes out and that's just frankly not true because hypothetically someone could follow a thousand artists and if more than 30 of them put out a song that week what happens you can't guarantee it because you can't that's just not how it works i'm sure yes it's much more likely but if i follow 1500 artists on spotify it doesn't matter there's only 30 spots in release radar period yeah so, all right, let's see. Here you go, Elliot. Is it bad for your first Spotify drop to be four, two to four songs, or is pushing one song the way to go when you first start? I would say what you want to do is not go release everything you have at once because you can use one song as a first experimentation kind of song. Because if you say, hey, look, I have this new product and I want to sell it. Well, you want to figure out generally where your customers are going to be before you just say, here's, hello, everybody. Here's my new thing. You know, if you're Nike, if you're Mike Bloomberg, you can kind of afford, if you're McDonald's, you can say, hello, everyone, all the time on billboards on everywhere. Hello, everyone, and just see who trickles through. My guess is you don't have that kind of money for your budget. So what I would do is I would use one song, either a song you have out now Or if you're thinking, hey, I've got four songs here, what do I do? I would use one as a spearhead to not only just raise your platform and get more people listening to you, but to find out generally, hey, where do I market the remaining three songs? And if this song can show me that I've got fans in Philadelphia, I don't know, Vegas and San Francisco, okay, well, now I know when the whole EP is out and I'm running social media ads or I made a video and I'm running ads to get people to watch my video, where do I aim it? Vegas, San Francisco, and the other one I said. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> but that's the point. So what you want to do is you don't want to go in blind, and you don't want to throw out all your ammo at once, especially if you don't know what you're aiming at. 
So you have the luxury of time and you have the luxury of no one really knows what to expect from me. So you don't need to produce a huge full project in order to, to convince people to be aware of you and to, to become a fan. You can use just one song to kind of start painting the picture of who your target audience is. And then with that project, make fans out of a percentage of those folks in the target audience group. And the only reason I'd say to start with more than one song is to maybe convert the few people who click on your profile. But the mm. odds of someone to leave a playlist and go to your profile specifically to see who you are are pretty slim to none. And if they do, they probably don't care much. If they want more than one song, then that's because they want to become a fan. But most people aren't going to leave a playlist that they're on to go and look at who you are and see what else you have, unless you've absolutely blown them away. And it's unlike anything I've ever heard of, and you're the next Beatles. Yeah. Or if it's like the seventh time that they've heard the song, they go, you know what? I like this song. Now I'll check the guy out. But very first time, absolute, like James said, yeah, you have to be the next Kendrick Lamar for me to be like, whoa. Yeah. This really, I was going to just sit and listen to this music, but this guy, whoa, who's this guy? And most people don't have that absolute prime talent that in one listen, one time from a brand new artist, you're all of a sudden hitting the follow button and checking out their music videos and checking out their Instagram. That's just not, it's possible, but it's just very, very unlikely. And just and consider your own to, habits. Yeah. And that goes on to the follower thing. They're never going to follow you if they never click on your profile to figure out who you are. If they're only hearing your song in the playlist and they like it there, they have to go to your profile to actually take that spot and follow you. And if they're doing this while they drive, they're not going to be doing that. And if this is the only song you ever have, and maybe you have three other songs and they listen to all three and they go, nope, I don't like any of these. They're not going to follow you. They're just going to save you. It's a lot. A follower is a fan, a lifelong fan. I follow no one on Spotify. I'm fans of many people. I don't, I don't follow anyone, though. Mm-hmm. It's a big step. Yeah. Um, here's one. You got something to say? Always. Okay. What's How some good ways to promote your new song? I got one for you. I went up Here we go. Good one. How important is Discover Weekly? Is being on Discover Weekly a great step forward? The short answer is yes. So Discover Weekly is run by the Spotify algorithm. And let's keep in mind what the Spotify algorithm does. Spotify's main concern is its paying customers who are, for the most part, casual listeners. They do not care in this regard about the artists, about the record labels. They don't care about the artists. Their goal is to make their paying customers, the listeners, happy. So there are, now there are even more than 40,000 songs per day that are being uploaded onto Spotify. So Spotify has the luxury of not being forced to have to guess about, about who might like what. They're basing all of those decisions off of data. So your goal is to show the Spotify algorithm that your song is a value add for folks who also like him, him and her. And if you can show Spotify that on a very general level that, look, my fans are people in their mid twenties in the Southwest who also like Chance the Rapper. Well, now that algorithm is going to filter people who fit that audience and say, if this song's a value add for people in the Southwest who like Chance the Rapper, 
let's put this song in people who fit that descriptions discover weekly. And what they'll do is they'll put you in front of maybe 300 people first to kind of test the waters because they're not just going to throw something that is relatively unknown to them in front of 500,000 people just to see how it does. They're going to do it with 500. And then if the song does well, say of that 500, 219 of them saved it and 400 of them played it and liked it. Okay, well now what they're going to do is next week on Discover Weekly, they're going to broaden that horizon a little bit and say, okay, people in the Southwest who are fans of Chance the Rapper, let's put it in front of 2,000 this time. And then they're going to continue to climb that ladder. So very long story short, yes, Discover Weekly is huge. And if you have a song that's hitting Discover Weekly, that's Spotify saying, hey, the iron is hot right here. Don't put out a new song. Don't focus on this. We're telling you this is the one because that's the one that they're spreading and they have found a sweet spot of people who they think you're a value add for. And the name of the game is getting Spotify to do it for you. So if it's saying the iron's hot right here, then keep hitting where the iron's hot. Don't worry about a new song yet. Long uh, answer. Ellie always gives long <laughs> answers. This is we got an hour. If you haven't talked to us before, <laughs> yeah, it was this a good is, answer uh, though. It is. Um, <laughs> got some. Yeah, I've got nothing. What do you see? You have anything good? I haven't. Well, okay. Uh, you know what? Actually, so what I want to do is kind of talk a little bit more about our particular promo today, and I want to really dive into it because um, we're offering a killer discount right now and. James, you want to type it up? Yeah, so, let me make sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> I got it. Go so, ahead. Yeah, so the um, the coupon is going to be IG Live, and what if you put that in on our on our artist development program? What that's going to do is knock off the price of the one month, so you get that one for free. The artist development plan puts one song in a two month program. It puts it in front of 60,000 people and it does it for 60 days and it gets you two consultation calls with me and that guy. And what we're going to do is if you buy the two month program, we're going to give you a one month program for a second song for free. It'll save you 325 bucks. Excuse me. And um, it's a great because we're big. If There's no rush to be putting out new music right now. No, no rush at all streaming is down there are no shows to play stop putting out new music for the sake of being new and that's it instead take the two songs that spotify are showing hey these are your two most popular songs take a look at how many saves they're getting if you just purchase something we'll um hook you up with something but well, um if yeah like later well i mean you'd have to pay the difference <laughs> yeah we'll have to do something um but what we're going to do is take the two songs that are already showing that they're showing success. Look, this song is getting some saves. If you have anything that's gotten any radio or discover weekly plays, that should be your lead song. That will put one song in front of 60,000 people for 60 days. On average, it does something like, I don't even know how many streams, probably like 45, 50,000. I don't know. Because really the streams aren't, like, yeah, streams are great, but like, it's really about the data and about triggering the algorithm to do the work for you. So yeah, sure. The streams are great, but that's not what I focus on. Courtesy, what's up? Um, so 
Yeah, what this what this discount is going to do is take 175 bucks off of the artist development package and get you a one month program for free. So that's what I want to talk about a bit because I'm sure there's a lot of people here who haven't used our program before and there's some people who have and maybe they can help each other out. But this is a great way to continue to build traction and momentum with something that's already showing that it's working rather than put out a new song and try to test and figure out if it's going to work. If you have something that's already registering, let's put more fuel on that fire. So someone just asked to get started. Should she start with a two week or a data acquisition package? That's going to completely depend on how many, how much music do you have out? Do you have one song out? You can start with a two-week, get an understanding of where you're – maybe a brief understanding of where your target audience is and how to promote it. If you have three or more songs out, the data acquisition package is designed to save you money and promote all of those songs at once so that you have an idea of what song should be your lead song in the future. Yeah. And uh, yes, I, had, I saw a couple people asking about can you like lock in the program now and use it for songs in the future? Yes, if they're not coming out in like November, because if it's like, you know, soon, then we can lock it in. Um, and I had a couple questions. I saw a couple questions of people asking about how they determine like what the lead song is. And if the name of the game is triggering Spotify to do this for you, then rely on the tools and the information that Spotify is giving you. If Spotify is telling you, hey, this song and this song are your two most popular songs. Rely on the tools. You may disagree, but the name of the game is getting Spotify to do the work for you. So we can bitch and moan about what should have been the lead song later when Spotify is already promoting one you're not going to care. This is a good question. After figuring out your top cities, how do you market only to those consumers? So your target audience will very much be a moving target. Your top cities will are not set in stone. What it's meant is, hey, right now, from the information that we have available to us, we have a, bu a buzz over there. And you may very well have other fans. Your, your top city may be a city that hasn't even heard you yet, meaning like the most potential in a city might be one that you haven't started in yet. But right now, instead of having no target whatsoever, we're seeing that, look, people in their mid-20s in Seattle over here seem to like me. And the way our program works in a way where we're meant to cast a super wide net to help you determine that target audience. If you say, my fans are in Seattle, do we have playlists that are only in Seattle? No. The way you target specific users like that is you take the data from where folks are listening to music, your music, and you can apply it to whatever ads you're running. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, TikTok, Snapchat. Google ads, anything. Now you have somewhat of a target that you can say, hey, Facebook, I think my sweet spot is over here. And it wants you to hit people in that sweet spot. So it's going to go, okay, sweet. Less guesswork for me. So that's, that's really how you would do it on a specific level. Our goal is to get the data, get eyes and ears, get Spotify on your side, generate the data. And then when it comes to the micro targeting of them, that's when the targeted ads on YouTube, Facebook, and all that, that's how you do that. What he said. 
<laughs> Why can't we see saves? You can. <laughs> They're just it's in a, a different, different spot. spot. <laughs> if you're on your phone, you just have to use the drop down. It's on. It changes it to saves. If you're on your desktop, it's still there. Yeah, it it'll say it songs you know releases playlists and then right after that in a small drop down menu it says streams 28 days if you click that you can switch it to saves and there is a bunch of stuff you can switch it to a bunch of stuff <laughs> there's still an, a weird glitch where if you go to all time if you're trying to view your all time saves it's, it will show zero but if you go to since 2015 that will really be the t the total unless the song came out in 2014 but I don't even know if Spotify was a thing in 2014. Oh, it probably was. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, it was. yeah, yeah, yeah. It started in Europe before it came here in the U.S. in 2011. There we go. Yeah, look, and on the PC it shows saves automatically, my boy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. What are we looking at here? That's How many a... playlists do major labels own? Hundreds. Oh, um, thousands. They've bought. They've bought old companies that used to make playlists people used to make playlists spotify these companies go and buy them i know someone who made a 80s halloween themed playlist it had enough followers spotify gave her 10 grand and bought it from her not spotify <laughs> sony sony came in gave her 10 grand and bought it because wow. it has followers they don't care what it is as long as there's followers on it they will offer that person money and if that person's just a person who's just doing it for fun and not running it like a business most likely they will sell it because why not? Right. And the music industry has been that way since like the 50s. Like mm -hmm. record labels are paying for access to audiences, whether that was the radio or get my music video on MTV or how do I pay to get on TRL? How, like it's been like this so, from the get go. I'd compare a playlist to blogs. Blogs used to have all the power when music first came out. Playlists have all the power now. If your music's not in a playlist when it comes out, you're not going to get the algorithm on your side, and that's the same thing for these labels. They're not going to get the algorithm on their side, and they're not going to get the baby wouldn't chart. He'd be popular, but he wouldn't chart the way he does because people would have to go find his music to listen to it, and that many people wouldn't do that. Yeah, you can uh, e like you either need a large organic fan base that when you release music, they just listen and they create a buzz on their own that will trigger the algorithm or you need a means of creating that reaction without the fans right now and the way you can't just upload your music onto spotify tell your 2500 instagram followers about it and then expect to be on rap caviar on next tuesday and like that's just not how it works and spotify has the luxury of being able to be super selective about what they put and where and they are never going to just help you out just for the sake of helping you out. That's not how they do it. And it's not necessarily a, they need to be paid for it. It's they need the data to show that because they're not going to risk inadvertently pissing off their listeners for giving them songs that they don't like. It's not necessarily about the money or any, it's that's what it's about. Because if they do that enough and they give their listeners a bunch of shit or maybe not shit music, but just music they don't like, if they're giving me you know, heavy metal and super poppy country songs, I'm not going to be happy because like, I think it might be good music, but it's just not my thing. So that's what it's about. There's so many questions now. Mavs, what's up? Popularity number on chart metric is just some made up number they have. 
They're just trying to get people to pay extra money to use Chartmetric. Mm-hmm. If <laughs> you know if your song's doing well, if you have a fan base or not. You don't need Chartmetric to tell you some made-up popularity number that they have made. Um, I make up numbers too, but I just don't advertise them. <laughs> yeah, it's just a formula. This is a good question. How do you go about figuring out your similar artists? So Spotify is actively doing that for you. It just needs a particular amount of data. It's not, it doesn't work in a way where at 10,000 monthly listeners, that's when you get your similar artists. It's more so looking for patterns. And hypothetically, if you have 5,000 monthly listeners and if they all, if, if half of them listen to Chance the Rapper, it will clearly see that pattern and see that Chance the Rapper is a similar artist. But hypothetically, those 5,000 listeners all listen to different artists from one another or not enough of them to like see a pattern, then Spotify is just not going to show anything because it would rather be, it would rather show nothing than be wrong. Yeah, similar artists, like you said, comes with time and patterns. Um, once you get similar artists, there's many ways you can use it. But until then, you just have to collect enough data to show Spotify who likes your music and make sure that they understand who you, who likes your music and what do they also listen to is what you're looking for. Um, so we've got a bunch here. Quarantine stuff. Figure out are similar to how long should be. So marketing, playlisting is marketing. There is no answer on how long you should be doing it. Major labels are still doing it every single release. It does not matter who they are. Eminem does it. The baby does it. Mariah Carey does it. Everyone is playlisting. It is a form of marketing. Just like we've seen, I personally saw Eminem have a billboard up in LA. It it's marketing. And they don't just stop doing it because they're popular. They do it so that there's still people who haven't heard them or heard of them. And I don't care how popular you are, there are people out there that have not heard your music. And you have to market to reach those people and keep growing or remind old people that your music still exists. Or think of it this way. If you're not marketing to your audience, someone else is. And eventually they're going to go there because people have a short attention span. And if they sooner or later, the guy yelling, Hey, 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 over here, I'm sooner or later, I'm going to go talk to him and I'm going to forget about the guy I talked to last week. So you're always scratching and clawing for attention and whether that's attention on social media or attention from billboards in LA or from Spotify itself or any streaming service. You're after attention and you'll never not be acquiring data and you'll never not be marketing. Like I saw the, like to piggyback off of what James was saying, I saw a Travis Scott sponsored post on Instagram the other day. Travis Scott is probably the top three, four most popular hip hop artists in the world right now. What, like he doesn't probably doesn't need to run Instagram ads, but yet again, he is because they're all after attention. Granted, they might have a, much higher platform right at day one from a song that or just organically will create a shit ton of attention. But they all go do extra things. They go on the Tonight Show. They go on radio shows and whatever. They're out looking for attention. Yeah. And so coronavirus, it's a question, coronavirus, when should I pay for service now, next month, or the fall? Coronavirus is not going anywhere. This can be considered the new normal on what's going, the industry is going to be like. 
you need to be promoting your music through this, just like everyone else is. If you're not, you're just waiting. You're just sitting back waiting. And in a month, a year and a half, nothing's going to change other than the fact you can perform. People aren't commuting. When people go back to normal, they're still not going to be commuting. And because of that, streaming numbers are probably going to stay down longer than you expect. So there's no now, next month, or fall. It is always now when you can do it. You have to plan a budget and make sure you can sustain that budget. If you had $10,000, as Elliot would say, you don't want to throw all $10,000 and use all $10,000 now. You want to plan $10,000 out over time to make sure that you can get some return on that investment and keep it going instead of just relying on $10,000 and hoping that was enough. And here's a good question that I have. A... Which do you think is stronger, magazines or blogs? The answer is whichever one will put more time and effort into promoting what they've done with you. Um, a lot of times, magazines and blogs, what they'll do is you can have, hey, give, give them 500 bucks and they'll write up an article about you and they'll post it. And that's great, but that's meant for you to market so that you can show, look what this blog did about me. There's really only limited value in that. If I would, so would I rather have my song or something about me in a medium magazine that did zero promotion about me, they didn't post it on their Facebook, they didn't post it on Twitter that they did it with me, it just happens to be in there. Or if there was a small blog that put a lot of effort into marketing me and they ran a sponsored post about the article they did and the interview or whatever, I would rather be with the small the small platform with a lot of effort and energy behind it than like a medium platform with none. I would say that magazines and blogs at this point are really becoming a thing of the past. Um, the major blogs like Pitchfork and Billboard are different. Those are also magazines, but they are different. It's not what they used to be. So nowadays, I'd pretty much put the weight behind blogs, but really it depends on their their marketing, like Elliot said. like If you're in a magazine, but the magazine markets to everyone, it matters more that the fact they're marketing it than the fact that you were in it. Mm -hmm. no, it doesn't matter if no one buys it, but if they market it to everyone and tell them all that you were in it, that's better than you just being in it or being in a bigger blog that no one knows you're in. Yep. It's almost like the same – well, we use the same for features. When you're getting a bigger feature than you, we always make sure our clients get that feature to invest in promoting that song for you. Because just having them on that song doesn't do anything for you if Nothing. their fan base doesn't know – that they're on that song so you need them to promote it that you need them to do something for you something. to make sure that they, some of their fans come and listen to your music or else it's just a waste of your time yep um jay bless yes that's what we do that is exactly what we do yes we develop artists what we do is we have access to a bunch of these playlists that just inherently create data when people listen to your music and then James and I act as coordinators in a way where, because your goal, every client's goal and every single client's situation is, is different. There are no cookie cutter approaches. There is no, at this point, with this much money, that's what you do, everyone. Um, it's very much a tailored, unique recipe for everyone. And our job is to help you determine and figure out the most effective recipe for you. And 
your goals are going to change month month to month. You're going to have macro goals and you're going to have micro goals. But the data is going to be there and it's not going to change. The way you use that data, if, if I'm trying to find someone to pay me a thousand bucks to do a, a feature verse, I'm going to use this data perhaps in a different way than if I'm trying to find a city where I can do a radio interview in. Same data, just two different things. And okay. I got that. Don't yeah. worry. I got it. Can just, so, repeat, just repeat the question. A bunch of companies and people who claim that they can get you viewers, fans, et cetera, how do you know they're legit or just using bots? You need to be able to see where the plays are coming from on Spotify for artists. You need to see if they should be playlist. If they're not playlist and they're just clicking on your profile and 2,000 people listen to your song and all disappear, it's fake. If they're playlist with no name, like no title at all, and you get 40,000 streams in an hour and a half and you get kicked <laughs> off, it's fake. <laughs> you need to be able to see the data. You need to see the demographics. If they're all listening to the song only one time and not ever again, or even by accident, if they're guaranteeing streams or guaranteeing followers or saves, they're fake. Unless right. it's guarantees over, uh, we will keep it in these playlists until it hits these numbers, which I don't know why I want to do that. It's a waste of money and time. If they're real people, you can't guarantee they're going to like it. You can't guarantee they're going to follow you. That You can't guarantee they're going to save it. You can't guarantee they're going to listen more than once. You can't guarantee they're even going to listen to the playlist. So if the whole playlist is listening to your song one time and every single follower listens to it, it's not going to be real because everyone who follows a playlist doesn't listen to it every day. There's going to be fluctuations. Some days are higher than other days. The streaming numbers are going to change. That's all information you have to look at. So it's not any one thing. It's everything. And even if someone does deliver you real results, if you don't know what to do with them, they don't matter. Cool. You now have 20,000 streams. If you know nothing, if you can't do anything with that number, if you can't read the demographics and understand what the next step should be or what it means in comparison to something else, it's a waste of your money anyway. So don't do it just for the number because it means nothing. Mm -hmm. Countless artists I know do that. And it's the same mentality of the people who, well, if I, if I get some, a bunch of, if I have 50,000 followers on my Instagram, it will just make more people interested in my engagement and followers will go up. And that's not what happens. What's the first thing you do when you see someone who's got 50,000 followers on Instagram and then you click on their profile and the last video they posted got 23 views. And then you're like, clearly this guy's full of shit. And then immediately you're like validation for this guy, poof, gone. You're like, this guy's a joke. And that's eventually maybe like the, it's not as easy to see on Spotify, but taking, to, taking those numbers to someone who does know what they're looking at, like a venue or a label or somebody who is in the know, they're going to laugh at you. Yeah, and it's, it's allergy season up here in New Hampshire, so. It is. <laughs> Someone else said uh, you got to stay quarantined, I think. So algorithm <laughs> effect of using bot network. Um, you're going to get taken off Spotify. Yeah. If you're kicked if off. All your, if you have a bot network, your algorithm is not going to recognize you. You're not going to get anything. Spotify is not going to actually collect any data on you, so you'll never get on Discover Weekly. You'll never get on Release Radar. You'll never get similar artists. You will, all that will happen is your streaming numbers will go up, and eventually you'll get kicked off. 
Um, yeah. So if I'm using a bunch of, if I'm knowingly using bots, I'm much more concerned about getting kicked off of Spotify period than I am about the effect of the algorithm. And Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. He's, uh, he put the song in the program and has 1.4 thousand streams after two days and 20 saves. That is very good. I would look at well, maybe the amount no, of I'm listeners. <laughs> yeah, compared the to of, the number of listeners, but that's yeah. good. That's a good yeah. start. Yeah. Um, uh, I've seen good growth. What said before? This guy, he's, he's <laughs> currently in the two-week program. He's seen good growth. Is there a peak to reach in terms of the data for good momentum? It's really a there. The short answer is no. It's kind of this is almost a pure experiment. It's almost like I hung my picture at the art gallery and it, it's over next week and there's nothing I can do. I'm just counting how many people sit and look at my painting. And you, there's really nothing you can do until it's kind of over. And then you can kind of see, well, how did the exhibit go? Did it did a lot of people look? Where were they coming from? You know? And that's a good metaphor that I've never used before. A <laughs> <laughs> oh, great um, new one. <laughs> but that is really what it is. So the two week, the two week program is really meant to be because we know that people are are skeptical about Spotify promotion. I'm a musician. I was promoting music through eight out of ten times of bullshit services for ten years. So I know what it's like to to feel concerned and skeptical. So the two week program is really meant to be a way to be like, look, we have real people in our playlists. Here's what the data is starting to look like. Here's where you're generally starting to get some listeners. But two weeks is a really short amount of time, and like you know, twenty five thousand size audience is is decent. It's a great, but it's a great start. But it's very much kind of tipping your toe in the water to see if this is can I handle this? Should I dive in? And the two week is meant if you say if you were to do two or three two weeks and then you can say, OK, look, I've got song one, two and three. Song number two got 40 percent more saves. And wow. And the three songs that ran together to show me that I have fans generally here, here and here. So now you can say, OK, well, now that I know song number two seemed to resonate with people the most, let's lead with this one and let's point it at people that look like this. And now you're eliminating a lot of the guesswork of, hey, I've got 10 songs. Like, do I just promote all of them? No, because Spotify isn't discovered. When's the last time you went on Discover Weekly and saw an album from somebody? It's one song per artist. So we eventually, you want to test, you want to small, uh, slowly test a few songs to see which one seems to be the lead. And then you want to really go all in on that lead until the data is kind of suggesting that maybe it's time for a new song or what. Never know when you're going to stop talking. Me neither. <laughs> the, the, ta uh, the tactic does apply to all genres. It's data applies to all genres. Every music in general, every business runs on data. So yes, you should be looking at data for all genres. It doesn't matter what genre you have. When paying to get on Spotify playlists, the main ones like Spotify editorial playlists is not an option. Unless you are a label and you own stock in Spotify, it's not a option. Unless you know someone who works at Spotify, it's not a option. If you know someone who works at Spotify and they put you on that playlist and they get caught, it's not worth their job. So they're not going to do it either. It's literally, Playlists are made to keep the listeners happy. They're not just going to do it 
because you paid them. It's not how it works. Labels own stock in Spotify. They want to keep listeners happy as well. So they don't just put every artist they have. There's people signed to labels that you've never heard of before, and you'll never hear of them because they signed them, realized it wasn't worth it, and buried them. It wasn't – they don't just go, well, we have access to all this. Let's promote their music. No, they know it's not worth it. They'll bury it. So it's not worth paying or giving yourself up just to try to get on a Spotify editorial playlist. It won't work unless you have the backing and you have the algorithm on your side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to get on like Rap Caviar, you're talking like two or three hundred grand. So if you've got that kind of money, you don't need us, man. <laughs> yeah, you're, you well, don't even guess- use it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can run your own. Uh, yeah. Stingray uh, says if you target six playlists, you probably got them in the two month. Can't remember. If you target six playlists and it's added to 16, does that mean people are adding it to their personal playlist? Yes. That's the whole. What you want to do is you want to cast a wide net and get in front of an audience and you just happen to be in front of other curators or people who have playlists and they just like it and they think this would fit my audience. Then, yeah, of course you want that to. That's kind of the whole point to start that domino effect where if we can get it in six playlists and then that turns into 20 and then the week later it hits discover weekly and then that turns into 40 playlists and that's kind of what you want. Yeah. Getting into playlists is the tactic. Okay. That's what you guys do for people and then develop artists with data. Getting into the playlist is a way to collect data for these artists. It is a tactic for someone who wants a direct return on investment. Another tactic could be advertisements, but those need to be targeted advertisements. And it's going to cost a lot more money to try to get any streams at all and get any data. So getting people on playlists is a tactic that is going to produce results the quickest and the fastest, most accurate when it's genre specific. So we do that with our clients, and then we help them understand the data and extend that data to understand where they should be going next with it. Should they be advertising in Columbus, Ohio? Should they advertise in Maine or should they release a music video because the song's doing well? It starts to die down a little bit, but if we release a music video, we know we can get it in front of people and they'll come back and listen to it again. So the data is a tool to understand what we should do for each artist. Everyone's going to be different and you should never just say, well, this works for my friend because it's not going to work for you most likely. Yep. Everyone has a unique recipe. And even if it's the same ingredients, it's in a different way. You can't compare your song to the baby when he's getting 30 million streams a day because those are coming from general popular playlists, U.S. top 40 playlists. That's a playlist that my mom would listen to, and the baby will get streams on that. So you can't compete against the baby. You're competing against people of your size. It's not competing to match them. It's competing for attention, and that's why you have to advertise and get in front of people. You just need a little bit of attention. Just because someone listened to the baby 10 times doesn't mean they're done listening to music for the day. They can still listen to your music, but they won't listen to it if you don't have their attention. Yep. And we have to think, think about the people who listen to music. Most people who are listening to music are casually doing so. The music kind of finds them. It's on at the gym. It's on at the radio. The algorithm showed it to them. It's on the top 20 chart. It's kind of put in front of them. Most people aren't the type of people who are digging through the crates to find the B-side or like, you know, the 
the I don't know, hidden gem on the album. There are, of course, people that do that, but most people are casual listeners where music <laughs> where music finds them. So the name of the game as a and we're talking to our clientele. If you're Russ, if you're Chance the Rapper, your strategy is different. But if you're an independent artist who's kind of getting started with finding a target audience, the name of the game is finding where your sweet spot is and getting uh, Spotify to hit more people in it for you. And then see where it takes you. If it can bring you up to that next level, then you reassess. Your plan will probably be different. But right now, that's the name of the game. Hey, Darius, if you DM us on Songflower, I'll get you on now. Yep. <laughs> I'll open it up to you. We have people on there. We're working on it. Um, DM us on Songflower and we can get you on yep. and if, you, if you're interested. And Carlo, um, yes, not all songs are good. You guys don't take everything, right? No, we do not accept every song into the program. Mostly what we are looking for is if it's studio quality, if it's if it fits the playlists, any assortment of playlists we have, and if we think it can do somewhat near what we think we say it can do, then we accept it into the program. And we don't try to judge a song based off if we like it or not because we don't – I don't like a lot of music. I'm sure Elliot has certain music he doesn't like, and just because I don't like it doesn't mean everyone else isn't going to like it. So I don't like to listen to Cardi B. And guess what? She is doing pretty damn good in the music industry. So right. it's really based on if we try to look at have they put the time in? Does this sound the way it should sound? Have they is it high quality recording? Are they holding themselves out well? Are they actually an artist or is their Instagram just them hanging out in a high school gym? Like it, there's a lot we look at and that's it. Yep. Oh, we sound like we know what we're talking about, Elliot. We sound it. We'll That's see good. if we do. That's good. That's a, <laughs> so, That's well, a big here's, <laughs> here's a great question by Hits by Maj. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Probably not. Okay. But he says, what's the difference between streams and listeners? So a listener is any one person who has listened to you in the last 28 days. That one listener could listen to every song on your album and create 10 streams. One listener, one user, 10 streams. And then what you can kind of do is you can kind of break that down and say, okay, well, if I had a thousand listeners and it generated 4,200 streams, then okay, the average is each listener is listening four times. That's good. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So, so we, we're running out of time. So what we're going to do yeah. is we're going to talk about our bonus and we're going to talk about our artist development program. And we're going to talk about how we can lock you in as soon as tonight, if you guys wanted, um, we're offering this discount on this particular program because we are thinking that you shouldn't be focused on releasing new music right now. If, as a new artist, especially if you have a few that are already out there and relatively untested in terms of seeing if listeners like it. So the artist development program, what it does is it gets you a two-month program for one song, puts one song in front of 60,000 people in five to eight 
playlists, depending on how they're cut up. And then it puts one secondary song in a one-month program, puts that song in front of 40,000 people for 30 days in four to six playlists. And what it does is it gets you the free, or it gets you the one-month program for free. So you pay for the two-month, and you for the price of the two-month, you get the artist development package. There, that's how I'm saying it. And Buy a two-month, get one-month free. Yeah. You save 325 bucks. And the way you do it on the website is you put the code IG Live into the artist development package program. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good stalker to listener ratio. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that's what we're pushing. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you've ordered before stuff like that these deals are we try to make them so they make sense for the time like right now it's coronavirus people we're not telling people to release new music right now and then we also do it based off of availability so this deal is only being offered until 3 a.m pacific time tonight 3 a.m uh, yes 3 a.m pacific western time <laughs> It's all Western time. <laughs> yeah, for like two IG lives, I call it Pacific time, Western time, because I'm an idiot. That's 175 old, off the 770 time. Um, so if you have another release coming out within the next two weeks, I'd say, you can go ahead and buy it now and just put release date on there, the date the song's coming out. Um, if staying you're in the middle of a package i'm not i don't have off the top of my head what package you're in dm us we'll talk to you um because we talk to you all the time dm us and elliot will talk to you and help figure out what package you're in and what the best way to go about the next step is for you because this might not be the best step for you we have data with you and we know this already so we want to make sure you're not just buying to buy we want to save you money if we can rabbi um what we can do is the song you have out now, we'll make that the lead song. We'll start that now, we'll lock it in for two months. And as soon as your new song is ready to rock, we'll get that in the one month program and overlap the two. And uh, that will be a killer plan because you'll have a little bit of like an alley-oop ramp right up into that new song, get some new potential release radar folks for the new song this month. We can lock that in tonight. Yep. Um, yeah, well, Oh, oh, cool. yeah. What's up, bro? What can the artists do on our part to help enhance the screen's growth? Really now's the time to think outside the box. Do things like this. Do IG Live with a few of your followers, maybe a, a producer or another fellow artist. Do an IG Live and get 20 people in the room talking about you. Um, there's a lot of things. Go outside the box. James had the great idea of doing like behind the scenes kinds of videos. If you have the luxury of a home studio or something like do a behind the scenes of how you're recording. Make more lyric videos that uh, don't require a big production. Um, but really apply the data to ads and reach the, follow the data. If the data is telling you that you've got fans here, here, and here, then run ads and everything at those people. You're creative. If you're making music, you're creative. Be creative in your promotions. Don't People want to be entertained right now. They're bored. They're trying to be entertained all hours of the day. They're stuck inside. So entertain them. 
don't try to entertain them directly and say, listen to my song, because they may not want to listen to music all day. They do want to do other stuff. I wouldn't say put stickers around cities right now because no one's out. <laughs> We're doing, it's a pandemic. <laughs> um, yes, it's a good idea when people are out walking around. But then again, I've never stopped, saw a sticker and said, what's that? And Googled it. So <laughs> you be smart with how you're being creative. You can do stuff for pretty cheap. If you have a smartphone, you can record some type of video at home, even if it's just behind the scenes video, something like that, and get that on YouTube all within an hour. And now you have content and now you have something to entertain people. You can show that you're a person, not just an artist. Mm -hmm. Yep. But, all right. We're getting the countdown. Yep. Okay. Right now. Use that code. The code yep, it's going to wrap up at 12 Pacific time. And uh, use it when you can. Get the free one month. And we're looking forward to forming long-term partnerships with a bunch of you guys and gals. See you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I think by the end, you could clearly tell that I had had too much wine. But aside from that, I think that was some pretty good content. Um, if you liked that conversation and want to be part of more in the future, we do this every Wednesday live from our Instagram account at denovo.agency. And if you liked this podcast, we do have others. And be sure to check out our independent artist, Spotlight. That's a playlist we made here on Spotify. If you're a musician, check out our free DNA toolkit, and that can teach you how to grow a fan base.